it actually is a, a huge encouragement to each of us to know that as we seek to serve the Lord individually, and we know we'll stand before the Lord, give an account for our lives, that, that God designs that we not fight the battle alone. And He knows that there are times that we can't make it without help, not only from Him, but from His people. And He also has designed that the way that we serve Him is by our interaction with other people and, um, and connecting with them. None of us have all the gifts, and God designs our gifts to be used for the benefit of the whole body. So we're glad that you're here tonight because this is part of our uh, banding together uh, as a unit to fight the battles of the Lord. Tonight we're going to look at the closing verses of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Paul writes, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. So think about it, the Apostle Paul, and he's already indicated this by his prayer request, he needs them. It's not just a one-way street, it's a two-way street. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. Well, two major areas of connection, of strengthening Christian relationships that are obvious from the letter to the Ephesians and from these closing words. And one is the necessity of personal communication, both to inform and encourage. Of course, Paul writes, we're reading a letter, and then Paul sends an individual so that there's actual personal face-to-face kind of communication. And if you think about it, if, if the early church in, in their day needed that kind of connection, it's for certain that we need that kind of connection today. And, and the reality is we have more ways of making those connections than they did, uh, but we still need both. And then in verses 23 and 24, we see once again a prayer for God's blessing. And Paul regularly through this letter has prayed for these individuals and has prayed, asked them to pray for him. So, we want to start off with just looking at what he's doing, looking at this personal communication to inform and to encourage. So, Paul has written a letter. He has already had all this instruction, but he wants to add to the letter, letter sending them this person named Tychicus. And Tychicus is going to be the one who makes sure that the letter actually gets to this church and then he fills in in person, uh, person-to-person kind of communication. He can fill in and answer questions and tell more about what's going on with Paul. Will you notice the way Paul describes him? He describes him as a beloved brother. So we know that he's a beloved brother. First off, he's a brother. Why? Because he's, he's born from the Heavenly Father. We are part of a family, not just an organization. Tychicus is part of that family born again, life from God in him, and he's a beloved brother. God loves him, Paul loves him, and other believers love him as they should. And often this shows up in the letters that the apostles write. 
that these are people that are beloved. And the second way that he describes him is as a faithful minister. This word is the word we get deacon from, and it's a word that's used actually in general terms for all believers. All the saints are due to the work of the ministry to build up the body of Christ. It's basically the idea of, of serving. It can be used in a number of venues, whether you're serving tables or, or serving on a galley ship or wherever, but, but the idea that we are serving together. Um, when people join the church, one of the things that we are asking them is, you know, where can you serve? A lot of times they're already serving. The reality is that, that every time we gather together, you have opportunity to serve the needs of people around you. It could be just the person sitting next to you. You're asking their name. You're, you're asking, um, you know, what's going on in their lives. You're noticing whether or not that, whether they're sad or happy and why. It could be something like this. Who knows which seats fill up first in the auditorium? Well, Baptist, right back road, that fills up. Uh, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, where do people generally like to be? Some of you are, are breaking the rules here because you're actually in the middle. But who? most people like the aisle. Okay? Some people have to be on the aisle. Okay? Uh, but, but others don't. Now, so here's, here's a practical way to serve. Lots of people coming next Sunday morning. And you've got your favorite aisle seat. In fact, everybody knows it's your aisle seat. <laughs> and in comes a family of five. And there's five seats right in the middle of your row. So you offer, you stand up and you let them walk on your feet so they have to go to the middle, right? Or what would happen if you moved to the middle to make room for them? Wouldn't that be cool? I mean, already people say that the church is very friendly, but that would be over-the-top friendly, wouldn't it be? If, if we're actually noticing the need, and I would encourage you, particularly in those last few minutes, think how stressful it is. If you're visiting a church for the first time, that's stressful by itself. You, you get here with a minute and a half to go before the service starts, and you find out that your kids have to go down the hill. And so you're scurrying about getting the kids down the hill, and now you're, you're close to freaking out whether you're going to find a seat, and where you can find, and everybody's head is facing this way, and as, as you're, they're looking around, they see you looking, they're like, what's wrong with him? Why didn't he get here on time? Uh, what does that feel like? Or even more practical, out in the parking lot with the parking places that are labeled guest. Did you notice how close they are to the front? There's a reason, because guests don't know how early they should necessarily be here, and we want to make it easy on them. We want nothing to stand in the way of their being able to benefit. It's just a simple, simple way to serve people. Obviously, that's just on Sundays. There's lots of ways to serve people. This Tychicus was a faithful minister. He was one that you could count on. He was a minister in the Lord and he was going to end up telling them everything. I want to tell you a little bit more about Tychicus because uh, he really figures into these early days of the church. Tychicus was a, among the men who traveled with Paul back to Jerusalem 
with the relief offering. He brought it back to Jerusalem there. You remember that's where he was, was mobbed. But we're told in Acts 20 and verse 4, a number of individuals, uh, Sopater, the Berean, so remember the church at Berea, who searched the Scriptures to see whether these things were so, son of Pyrrhus accompanied him. And of the Thessalonians, we've been talking about the Thessalonians for some time in the morning, Aristarchus and Secundus. Secundus was the second one born, right? And Gaius of Derby, that's where Timothy was from, and then Timothy. And the Asians, Tychicus and Trophimus. Okay, so Tychicus went with Paul on that particular journey, very important one. He was also the one that carried not only the letter to the church at Ephesus, but he carried the letter to the church at Colossae. In Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 and 9, Tychicus will tell you about all my activities. He's a beloved brother and faithful minister, notice the same description, and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. You've got to think about all that happened to Paul you know, how he had been there in, in Caesarea for two years, waiting to be released, appealing to Caesar, uh, taking a ship. The ship is shipwrecked, uh, making his way from Malta to, uh, to Italy and then finally to Rome. Um, and you didn't have texting and, you, you know, there was no way to post on Facebook where you were um, and, you know, count me safe. Um, so he's going to let them know what's going on. And verse 9 well, he's going to encourage their hearts, and verse 9, with him, Onesimus, you remember he was the runaway uh, slave from Philemon, our faithful and beloved brother who is one of you, they will tell you of everything that has taken place here. So, Tychicus has been entrusted with the letter not only to Ephesus but also to Colossae. Tychicus was with Paul between his two imprisonments, possibly if he did take a fourth missionary journey, possibly to Spain. Um, this would be the time period, Titus 3, 12, uh, when I send Artemis or Tychicus to you, do your best to come to me at Nicopolis, for I have decided to spend the winter there. So there we have him again. And then Tychicus shows up again in Paul's final imprisonment in Rome. Uh, not long before he's beheaded. Second Timothy 4.12, Tychicus I have sent to Ephesus, the same church that he brought the letter to. Now, I want you to think about how much impact the faithful service of Tychicus actually had. His ministry impacted not just the church at Ephesus, not just the church at Colossae, not just the Apostle Paul, his ministry impacts us because God used him to make sure these letters got safely delivered. And so every person who has ever read Ephesians or Colossians over the last 2,000 years has been touched by the life of Tychicus, a brother loved and reliable, a servant to Paul and to the church and to us. Where would we be without the epistles that Paul entrusted him to deliver? The reality is that none of us know what the impact will be when we're faithful in our interaction with other people, when we're faithful in those relationships, when we're communicating with them, and when we're carrying out faithful service to the Lord. So, 
question for us tonight, in what ways can you communicate with other brothers and sisters in Christ to encourage them in the Lord and to give them a window into your life? A number of you knew that this is the week of our son Matthew's birthday, and we got texts from multiple people uh, that said, we're praying, praying for you uh, on his birthday, and we appreciate that so much. And what I especially appreciate is knowing that y'all do that kind of thing all the time. Uh, we, have a, we, we live in a great time in history where we really can keep up with people. We really can touch base with them uh, in ways that were more difficult in the ancient world. And secondly, as a beloved child of God, in what ways do you serve the needs of others faithfully for the sake of Jesus Christ? And, and what I love about this is, you know, Tychicus... You know, he's not a limelight kind of guy. He's not, he's not making a big splash, but he's making a big difference. And, and the reality is most of the service that we give to the Lord is not uh, in the limelight. It's not necessarily where lots of people notice, but, but it is important to their lives and to their growth in the Lord. And then verses 23 to 24, prayer for God's blessing. Peace to you the brothers, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. And so you'll note that, that Paul is praying this because it is God alone who can give these kinds of gifts. These are gifts from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus, who is the promised Messiah. The first gift is that of peace. Peace be to the brothers. Jesus, according to this very letter, made peace through his cross. He reconciled us to God, and he brought together both Jew and Gentile, the Jews and all ethnicities as one. That was the mystery of Christ, that he would bring everyone together in this kingdom of the Messiah and bring peace. And ultimately, that peace that starts with the reconciliation to God, and Christ made that peace possible through His shed blood and through His resurrection from the tomb, that peace between us and God makes it possible for us to have peace with one another. It actually makes possible, I need to flip this, don't I? It actually makes possible the relationships that we have with one another and our reason for loving each other the way that we do. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. So when we refer to brothers, it's referring to both brothers and sisters, everybody that's part of the family of God, and peace is this first thing that's given to us. The second thing that we see, priceless gift, is love, and it says with faith. Now, why does he say with faith? We know what love is. Love was the the outflow of that reconciliation with God. We finally are in a place because He first loved us. We love Him. And when we love Him, we start loving other people. It brings a a peace. We protect that unity of the body that way. And, And love is also, though, the outflow of faith. Love with faith. He's probably referring to the faith that they already have because they are already trusting in Jesus. And He's praying for love to grow from it. And that is, that is always what happens with healthy Christianity. 
It's really, I've lived long enough now and have been among God's people long enough now to watch the transformation that happens when, when people are getting a steady diet of the Word of God and they're encouraged to obey it. It's just, it doesn't take that long for that congregation to start, like, not only, you know, loving God and singing songs to Him, but to be loving each other in really practical ways. Um, what I love about Sundays when we gather, other times that we gather, it's very clear that you all love to be with one another because you love one another. And we want that love to keep growing. And he's praying for that because love ultimately expresses the very heart of God. And then the next thing that we see, we have peace, love, faith from God the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, and then grace. Grace. Grace, we know, is the very foundation of all of this because it is favor from God that we have not earned and we do not deserve, nor ever could. When you start looking at what God promises to us in salvation, it's so, it's so beyond the limits in terms of lavish kindness that there's no way anybody could ever earn it. I mean, how, how could you earn everlasting life? How could you earn sinlessness? How, how could you earn new heaven, new earth, where righteousness dwells? How could you earn residence in the heavenly city, the very capital of the universe, I mean, it doesn't even make sense that anybody could earn that, and yet that is what God gives. God's heart is gracious. He is the ultimate giver, and he has given us just, just everything in Christ. He says, grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with a love incorruptible, a love that, that does not degenerate, a love that does not end, a love that doesn't let anything spoil it or mar it. We think about the way we love the Lord Jesus. Your love for the Lord Jesus is why you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your love for the Lord Jesus is why you receive people who in the world would be part of an, another group and might have nothing to do with you or you with them. But in Christ, we're, we're one. It's a community of love rooted in love for the Lord Jesus Christ. He prays these things. And you remember that when Romans talks about all things working together for good, how do, who is that for? To them that love God and are the called according to His purpose. And His purpose is an eternal purpose. And so He's praying for people that are genuine believers. So two brief questions to finish out um, our application for this. For whom do you pray to receive these divine gifts? I mean, just think about your prayer list and, and think about praying for your brothers and sisters, praying that, that God would grant them to experience and, and live um, this gift of peace from God. Many of them, or if they're actually believers, you know they have peace with God, but sometimes there's agitation, sometimes there's things that disrupt that, 
There can be physical problems and, and mental problems and spiritual problems that are disrupting. This is something that we pray. And we all, in our body here, we have those that go through times when, when peace wouldn't be the way we describe what's going on in their hearts and their lives. And we pray peace for them. We pray love for them and that their faith will remain strong. And we pray that God's grace, God's, God's giving them far beyond what they've earned or deserved will continue in a way that will strengthen their love um, incorruptibly. So, these are just very simple concepts in terms of our connections with one another and strengthening those connections. We want to follow the apostolic example, which is what they often tell us to do to imitate what they did. I, I want you and I need to make sure we are personally communicating with people. We're not, we're not just doing Lone Ranger Christianity. We are reaching out to people. We're encouraging them. And we can do that written, and we also need to do it in person. If anything COVID taught us, remember the shutdowns, right? Yes, how could we ever forget? It taught us the importance and the value of face-to-face communication and relationships. We need that. Um, And in a world that was more difficult uh, to get together in, Paul saw to it that Tychicus would go and inform and encourage these people. And then we strengthen relationships when we're praying for one another. You know, we tell that, tell people that, but we want to make sure that we're practicing it. We're not ignoring the need. So say on any given Sunday, when, when you see your brothers and sisters or at a life group, Make sure you jot down uh, names and requests and then make sure that week that you are praying for them. Keep in touch with one another. Communicate in writing and in person. Pray. And these practices strengthen your brothers and sisters and the bond that's between you. Next week, Lord willing, we'll be doing just a wrap-up of the entire um, letter to the Ephesians. And then we're going to start a new series looking at some uh, Old Testament biographies, some Old Testament saints who served God and had impact on their world. Let's pray. God, thank you for your grace to us. And Lord, we pray that we might continue to build and strengthen our relationships with one another, that we might fight the battles of the Lord in the way that you designed them, not on our own, but shoulder to shoulder, encouraging one another, Um, admonishing one another, um, making sure we're communicating and praying. So God, I pray you'd continue to build that in us for your glory and our good. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.